The Notorious OTB on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by WinBet. Bet $100 in WinBet and get a $100 free bet. Head over to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash WinBet. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash W-Y-N-N-B-E-T to claim your free bet today. We're also brought to you by the SGPN Merch Store. From now until Tuesday, get 20% off when you use the promo code NFCBEAST. Welcome, everybody, to the Notorious OTV, brought to you by the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. And what can I say? Fly Eagles fly, cheesesteaks, eye of the tiger. It's fucking Pennsylvania Derby weekend. <laughs> I'm your host, Chase Sessoms, the Wolf of Oakland. And, uh, you know, I like to have people who are who are from the area uh, where, where the big races are happening. So I've got with me Pennsylvania native, um probably double digit guest of the show at this point uh and god damn it i'm so happy to have him every single time mr matthew desantis he failed to menace but he succeeded to steal our hearts what's up dude hey what's going on chase awesome to be here so excited to talk about the pennsylvania derby always love when you uh ask me to be on uh, it's always great talking horses with you and just talking life and pop culture references and it's great to you know have someone around the same age you and i you know have a very many similar reference points and so i'm when, 64 uh, you look much younger <laughs> i'm 31 I'm... and okay. so great no i'm uh, yeah, i wish i was 31 but uh yeah no it's great i mean I, like you said native of pennsylvania i grew up in Reading, pennsylvania about an hour and a half outside of philadelphia uh and you know growing up penn national was actually the track that was closer to my house and that's the track i would go to my, my parents would take me to that's where i learned how to read a race form that's where mm-hmm. i kind of my dad taught me about horse racing but uh, obviously, always great to head up to parks. I'll be heading up there for Saturday. So leaving Northern Virginia, my friendly confines tomorrow, heading up, meeting some friends. And uh, should have a great weekend up in uh, Pennsylvania. The weather looks absolutely beautiful for the fall. 71 degrees, partly sunny on Saturday. So should be a great day for racing. And look forward to seeing a lot of people up there. So I only play parks um whenever I lie to my friends and say that I don't normally play parks, um, you know, but this is, this, this is the, the one weekend where I'm like, Oh, hell yeah. Yeah. I'll definitely check it out because you, you end up getting pretty good horses. What I'm more interested in something we discussed kind of offline from the podcast, yeah. uh, the crazy Philadelphia accent. I want to hear yeah. your best crazy Philadelphia accent, which sounds what it, we, we discussed it. It's similar to the Baltimore long a Kind, it kind is. Of so here's the thing. So I grew up, you know, outside of Philly, uh, you know, it, but then I moved away when I was 18 and I've lived in the South ever since then. So I have it when it comes out for certain words. And, uh, you know, when I'm usually cursing in traffic, honestly, is when, yeah. when it really comes out it's the most. It's a very Philly thing to do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so just the, like just saying a phrase like, come on. Like you just, it, 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 there's a certain, I don't know the, the way the M O N comes out there. It just is yeah. very kind of Northeastern, a little bit of Jersey mixed in, but then, uh, saying the word water is something that people in Philadelphia don't do a great job of. So we all say water. And, uh, and so it sounds like water and, uh, that's still, still the, what say the way I say it is, is at best I'll say water, but yeah, yeah it's, uh, uh, water ice is a big thing in Philly. And so it's basically just like flavored ice. It's, it's crushed okay. ice. And, okay. and so, but that's like a big thing. You'll see t- people wearing t-shirts that say like water ice and, uh, spelled water W O O D E R. Uh, and the, the show, the mayor of East town with, uh, uh, Kate Winslet actually mm-hmm. did a great job at exposing that Philly accent in a lot of ways and the Wawa traditions and all that good stuff. So I was going to uh, ask, oh, do you, yeah. do you get the wood, the water ice down at the Wawa? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I did as a kid. I mean, so, yeah. <laughs> you know, it was a very real lived experience in that regard. Um, and yeah, Wallow, you know, it's like just an institution. And if you dare slander it, it's, uh, you know, honestly grounds for a duel. And every, uh, every yeah. region has that gas station, that chain of yeah. gas stations where it's like, 
here it's actually just started invading but i don't know if you've ever been to a fucking casey's but it's yeah. the greatest yeah. shit ever yeah. uh yeah my my wife's family will only shop or only stop at like at a casey's on on road trips so I, i'm sure I'm sure you've got the same thing whenever you're in Wawa range. Yeah, Wawa. And like I lived in Texas for a while, and Bucky's is like Bucky's, the thing yeah. there. Like you got to go to Bucky's. In the Carolinas, Sheets is really big. People love Sheets. Uh, that's kind of invaded, but really taken over down there. And so, yeah, everybody's got their you know their little turf, their yeah. their uh, like I said, peculiarities and eccentricities to the region. And uh, yeah, excited to go back up there. I was joking with a buddy of mine, and uh, I, on on online and i said uh, oh i said you can spot me if you're looking for me at parks on saturday i'm just like the italian guy with the big nose wearing a little cap and he goes honestly matthew that describes three quarters of the people there <laughs> and uh <laughs> i was like yeah that's a good point like it is a bunch of goombas like walking around you know with chain i said well i'm not gonna have chest hair out and my chains out and like slicked yeah. up hair like you know I, I i'm a little bit more refined than, than some of my fellow uh, uh, Italians, but uh, kinked up, thin yeah. gold chain. <laughs> it's, they're characters, man. I mean, I love them. They're my cousins, but they they they're nuts. It's hey, I, I, we gotta say. I mean, I, I I said fly eagles fly, but hey, man, you're you are an eagles fan as you would expect. Looking yes. look pretty sharp. Looking yeah, real sharp. Yeah, yeah. The Monday night win was huge. Uh, you know, Jalen Hurts certainly looks like he's been taking a step forward, and the defensive coordinator seems like he's finally figured out that he has good players and that they can blitz every once in a while. And so it's, uh, yeah, it's it's a promising uh, start. And it's obviously with the injury of Dak Prescott, it's a very winnable division now in the NFC East. I mean, I think the Giants two and zero starts a little bit of a mirage, but uh, you know, we'll see. They they play the Commanders this week, and if they get through that three and zero, then it things start to set up really nicely for them for the rest of the year. So uh, is that yeah, home, Homer, Homer on the road. Do you? Oh, that's a great question. I, Cause I, I, think, I can't wait for Carson Wentz to come back. I, to I think it's at home. I'm almost positive. It's at home. It's gonna be uh, so and that's for him. Oh, absolutely. I'm sure the national media will feign outrage over the, the treatment of him. Uh, right. But, but, but we'll not cover like, I don't know, like the, 27 brawls that took place after the Las Vegas Raiders game, you know, in the, in the stands. But, uh, but yeah, God forbid we boo people, you know, and then right. everybody goes nuts. So, right. Well, I'll say, this is what I'm going to say is that on defense, big play slay. If, if almost interceptions counted as a half, he would have had about <laughs> nine on Monday. He is an absolute thoroughbred on the, in the secondary, but we're going to talk about thoroughbreds, on the track when we get back when we look at the graded stakes races at parks it's pennsylvania derby day we will be right back thinking of joining WinBet? now is the perfect time new customers who bet 100 get a 100 free bet plus the WinBet casino is always open 24 hours a day where you can get a 100 percent deposit bonus up to $1,000. WinBet is live in Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Louisiana, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Tennessee, and Virginia. Plus, WinBet has their own same game parlay feature. Just click on the game you like, select build your own bet, and start building a monster parlay. There's so much to choose from. All you have to do is head over to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash WinBet so they know that we sent you that sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash W-Y-N-N-B-E-T to claim your free bet today. Offer subject to change, terms and conditions at winbet.com. Must be 21 or older and present in the state where playthrough winbet is available. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. If you watch football, you need Fubo TV. Fubo TV gives you complete coverage of college and pro football with NFL Red Zone plus games in 4K at no extra charge. With over 100 channels of live sports and entertainment for a fraction of the price of cable. Watch on all your devices and never miss a game or an episode of your favorite shows with the included cloud-based DVR. Plus, there's no contract, no commitment, and you can cancel at any time. Right now, you can try Fubo TV free for seven days and get 15% off your first month. Just go to FuboTV.com SGP. That's F-U-B-O-T-V.com SGP. Now, let's talk about Odds Trader. What is Odds Trader? Well, it's the place that you can compare odds from all major sports books. Heck, you can even compare all the major signup codes and promotions that are out there because as sports bettors, you have to shop around. This is the place to do it. It also has a bet tracker. You can track yourself, see how your performance is doing through the season. Odds Trader has all sorts of cool features. 
handicap, play-by-play updates, live scores and bet tracking, player statistics, key game statistics, projected game day weather. And remember, Bet Tracker allows you to keep records of all your games and betting activity. Just go to oddstrader.com slash blue wire. OddsTrader is the number one site for all your game day bets. Welcome back to the Notorious OTV, brought to you by the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. We've got Matthew DeSantis here. We have picked out the five graded stakes races at parks this Saturday for Pennsylvania Derby Day. I don't know why they didn't offer like a third all graded stakes pick five. So we're left with the dangler. Uh, it's the, (laughs) it's a, it's a dangler up front, uh, with race eight, the, the Greenwood, the Greenwood cup. Uh, I'll be honest when it comes to parks, unless this has changed within the last year, the takeout is kind of criminal. Uh, it, it, you know, it's hard to, to play the, these, these horizontal. Well, I mean, if you pay attention to takeout, like you're probably appalled and not playing the the horizontal sequences or the exotics, I would recommend, you know, betting to win a lot because that's the only place where the takeout really seems fair. Why, uh, as a, you know, someone from the area, um, how dare you? (laughs) No, it's, it's quite true actually though, but like, I don't, uh, you know, I, I, I usually to your point, play win bets at parks uh, or, uh, you know, exactos, trifectas, sort of a thing. I, I, I rarely ever play pick sequences. Or if I do, I'll actually, like, there are a couple of buddies of mine, like, we'll go in on one together. Just be, so it, you know, we're, we each end up paying like 10 bucks or something. Yeah. Exactly. And so it's just because because of that takeout, you know, if you're only putting in 10 bucks, then okay, then, then it's fine. You know, but it's if you're starting to build a 40, 50, $60 ticket, then it's just, Oh, you just get crushed uh, there with the, the, the takeout rate. So, um, yeah, bet to win in a lot of cases. And it's interesting, this race eight, actually, I think, just to segue into it a little bit, it kind of finishes a stretch. I feel like this card is quite interesting that there's uh, some variability early. You have a lot of maidens, a lot of two-year-olds running early. You have, obviously, some very contested graded one stakes races, the alphabet handicap at the very end of the card as well, where I think people will go wide. There is a stretch in like races like four, like five, six, seven, eight, where there's a lot of really logical short priced horses. And it's interesting to kind of see. I could see people just singling like four, like four races in a row and just like putting together like a $2 ticket basically on like a pick four sequence in the middle uh, somewhere and, and seeing if that hits. It might not pay out much but you're not going to spend much either. So it's it's interesting that we're starting here with the Greenwood Stakes. And as you said, a dangler, but kind of a dangler-esque race, like a marathon dirt race. Like, hey, you don't right. see these at every day. Very, so, very rarely do they seem to work these things in. And yeah. I guess, I guess Lo- did they retire Lone Rock? Because you would expect Lone Rock to be in this race, but but yeah. he's not. It's true. Yeah. Uh, um, I don't know if they retired him, but you're right. He he was kind of the the standard in this division for quite a while. He's gone off form a little bit. I think maybe he, that's a horse that you'll see like down the road in another mile and a half race some somewhere, uh, unless he is indeed retired. But let's go ahead. Let's talk the the Greenwood Cup stakes. Uh, you know what? Since uh, we're we're on Matthew's home turf, uh, me being the visitor, I'm gonna I'm gonna hit this one first. Uh, you know this interesting race because I feel like there's one clear cut early speed horse, but it looks like I don't like to say cheap speed. It's offensive. I say inexpensive velocity. It looks to be inexpensive velocity. Uh, so I, I feel like there's a lot of really talented horses that are just going to let that horse kind of run out on the front, wear itself out. And then, you know, that first pace wave seems to be, uh, you know, kind of the sweet spot of uh, horses that will sit a couple, you know, a couple links back, maybe length, length and a half, two lengths and uh, be full of run late. And that's kind of where I looked and where my top picks comes comes from in that second wave. And this might be a little bit of just like a, a personal favoritism pick, but I really like uh, the horse uh, number seven, the Reds, five to one on the morning line for uh, Safi Joseph Jr. Samson Simpson, I stick by my story. I'm- and I, I've always really liked this horse, and I also really think that this horse kind of shines at at two turn racing. Which I, I mean, I'm not sure this could actually be three turns at a at a, a parks, but. Uh, yeah, I, I went with the Reds as my top pick at, at five to one. Uh, I mean, you got Safi. I'm never crazy about Safi when he's in New York. Seems like his game doesn't travel to New York. You put him in Kentucky, you put him in the Mid Atlantic, uh, New Jersey, uh, you know, Pennsylvania. Yep. 
seems like when he ships those horses in, they're fairly live. And especially with the, the jot change, which I feel is a little bit of an upgrade to Junior Alvarado, even though Junior Alvarado got him the win at Saratoga going uh, two turns uh, last out in a, uh, you know, in a protected spot, a uh, optional claimer, 62000 uh, you know, $62,000 claimer where he was bet really, really well. Uh, it might be a tall task for him, but with that spot, with that jock, with this trainer, I feel like it's the shot to take. Yeah, I when I saw you were going to potentially pick this one, I thought, is he just doing this just to play? Lord have mercy. You know, and I... <laughs> I just, you know, but Safi's great. I mean, we've talked about Safi a bunch. When I, I like the horse dating back to the Kimmel Barn days. <laughs> yeah, but but this is interesting. Safi's had a couple of horses like this that he's gotten off the claim or that have switched barns that he seems to have, like, figured out maybe they're better at something different than what they were doing previously. And stretching the reds out to a mile and a half and going, maybe this horse really just wants to run. Like, maybe this horse, yeah. we just need to let this horse go longer and the better he gets the uh, you know he gets better the longer he goes so uh no arguments there uh, i ultimately went with chalk in this one this is one where i'm going to single in in some of my uh tickets that i might be playing with the favorite fearless six to five uh i i think kind of has become very quickly the class of this dirt marathon division uh you mentioned lone rock earlier seems like you know now fearless has taken over and again yep. not all that dissimilar to the reds and that a horse that up until two, three races ago was more of a sprint horse or, you know, was running against speaker's corner, not all that long ago, uh, and was more of a one turn horse. And then all of a sudden Pletcher starts stretching this horse out and I don't know, one at a mile and a half, one at a mile and three quarters. And, uh, it seems to be just kind of continuing to improve. So I, I think this horse makes a lot of sense. Uh, no reason to think he won't fire on the day. I do underneath as a little bit of a value play. I do like riding with Biden, the number five horse at eight to one. Uh, this is a horse that's best career effort came at nine furlongs, which was the longest distance this horse has ever run. So I think continuing to stretch out might be something there. The pedigree as well, coming from that constitution tap it firing line, uh, should suggest more distance is going to play into this horse's, uh, uh, wheelhouse thing is and this is a little bit of a local angle but the ownership group of riding with biden is cash is king cash is king rolls out their horses on pennsylvania derby day there's some horses very early in the card that there's owned by cash is king that i would strongly encourage people to look at i remember last year i want to say cash is king won three of the first five races on the card at, at parks last year on pennsylvania derby day they really target this day for their horses uh and so that's something to keep in mind robert reed the uh, trainer very good statistics the only problem with riding and biden uh, it doesn't have a jockey right now. So th that might be an issue. So we'll, we'll, you know, if they get that sorted out, I like the horse's chances. I can see you riding with, or with uh, your, your pick uh, fearless at six to five, getting home uh, for Rapoli in the Mets blue and orange and Rapoli just taking a fucking D cell battery right there. <laughs> yeah. In, will, in the winter circle. Uh, yes, that will happen. That, <laughs> that's there's no really debate about that. That will happen. I, <laughs> I can't guarantee that it, that will happen, but yes, that will 100%, 100% happen. Um, all right. Race nine. It's the only turf race in the sequence uh, named for a horse, but even if it wasn't named for a horse, it would be way to fucking go for, for naming a, a turf race, the turf monster stakes. It's five furlongs on the turf. Uh, this is a really good race. Um, there's a ton of speed. It feels like one of those races. I always say it five furlongs on the turf. It always should melt down somehow rarely does, but still I went with a horse that might be a sneaky kind of off the pace play. Who'd you like in this one? So I went with another kind of slightly off the pace play. I think a horse that likes to be forwardly placed for sure. But I went with the number four, nothing better at four to one. Uh, this is a horse that I think there might be some speed up front. I think the one and the five both want to go. Uh, and if that's the case, I think the four kind of tucks in right behind it. So it's not as if, you know, we talk sometimes about like, do you go with a closer in a five furlong sprint? That's not ideal, but I don't mind a horse that's going to be sitting third, basically in the pocket, like just waiting uh, if these front two wear themselves out, especially the one horse has uh, the number one horse has shown that he's susceptible when pushed uh, it's, it's a fading a little bit. Now the five has run a lot longer than five furlong. So I think probably we can hang on, but uh, I ultimately, I think the four, nothing better 
I uh, just like this horse. This is also one of the few horses we should point out with true turf pedigree in this field. There's a lot of horses that have really mostly dirt experience here. Um, and so I, I think this horse should sit a good trip, has Louis Saez aboard, is a stakes winner last time out, uh, and also seems to be getting better with each race in 2022. Also feels like the ownership group has been pointing this horse towards this race, uh, which I, I always like to see that sort of trainer and ownership intentionality uh, in these spots. So I went with my top pick as uh, number four, nothing better, but interested where you went in this one. You know, uh, if you're a, if you're a fan of old school Dave Chappelle, you'll know exactly exactly where you where this is coming from. Uh, I picked the horse that if uh, things pop off and you need someone to talk to the police, it's uh, it's it's going to be this one. Ernie, you better handle this. Uncle Ernie, number five, eight to one. Uh, John Service. I, I love it actually that they put Rosario up. This might be the one time that I'm not cursing Rosario for taking an early speed horse and turning it into a closer. I thought that I might get a little bit of an edge there just based off a of jockey tendency. Uh, can I get this horse and get Uncle er get uh, Rosario to rate it just a little bit more? Maybe take it back two lengths, two and a half, sit off that pace. And so, I mean, it's a little bit of a risk. However, I'm hoping that the money doesn't flood in the wind pool for this horse due to the jockey change. I could see it happening, but I still think you get a fair price with the size of this field. So I, I'm thinking that Rosario might take it back a little bit. Had a huge figure last out, albeit on the dirt at parks. There's not a lot of turf pedigree to speak of, but uh, if Rosario does what I think he's doing, uh, I, I think that he'll be in a good spot. Also really like this work uh, workout pattern. He had a yeah. bullet two back on the 9th of September, and then you come back a week later with the, the slow leg stretcher. Uh, I'm not confident enough to try to go very, uh, you know, very skinny in this race to start off this pick four. I'll be going really wide, but let me give you a vertical play. I'm using all the horses that, according to Briz, actually have a little bit of late kick if you pay any stock into the late pace figures. So I've got uh, Uncle Ernie on top, exact of five, uh, two, 10, and 12, two being lost. Uh, 10 being Hero's Reward, and uh, 12 being uh, Groom's All Business. Uh, so I, I'm hoping to maybe kind of catch something like that where all those horses tire out and it's a blanket finish at the end. Hopefully I shake out with the right uh, horse on top. Uh, and then horizontally, I, I was spread out with the 1, 4, 5, 11. The one being That's Right, who's the favorite at 3-1. to one. I don't, don't defensively use a favorite, but with so many entries into this race, there's a lot of money going a lot of different directions. I'm not yeah. that worried about it. Uh, yeah. The four, nothing better. Uh, who's, you know, a definite early speed cat uh, candidate uh, five, uncle Ernie and the 11 uh, smooth B who, I mean, could quite possibly be, be the speed of speed in here, but I, I thought that, that would probably pretty well cover me. Yeah. I, I, we went very similar. I went one four eleven in my horizontal here. And uh, I like that 11 smooth B quite a bit. Uh, six to one. This is a horse that does mostly runs on dirt but it does seem as if they are much more intentional now about trying to get this horse on turf because they ran this horse on turf two back. They tried to run this horse on turf last out and it got washed off. Now they're, this is, and that was the first time in this career that they've ever tried to run the horse on back-to-back -back turf races. Now we're going three attempted turf races in a row. So they clearly like something there. I think that's where this horse's future lies. And the pedigree is not bad. The sire was a turf sprint winner. The dams produced some successful turf sprinter offspring. So, uh, you know, there, there's something there in a race where some of these horses just there's nothing in terms of turf pedigree. So uh, I think Smooth B makes a lot of sense and has posted some good numbers recently. So uh, definitely worthy, I think, of, of including in those horizontals. Only knock on Smooth B is that it sounds like something that would be on the menu at a spa where they do like body waxing to to do hair removal. That's <laughs> yes, my that only sounds... knock on Smooth B. It makes me feel a little bit icky. <laughs> Love it. We are going to take a quick break here at the Notorious OTB. We'll be right back when we've got two more races, the Gallup Bob, or sorry, three more races, the Gallup Bob, the Cotillion, and the big one, the Pennsylvania Derby. Me and my smooth bee will be right back. No House Advantage is changing the game by offering the most dynamic fantasy sports platform available today. Play in pick'em contests versus other people for the shot at winning 250k plus in cash. Just download the app, choose a contest, select your player props, earn points for correct picks, and just watch yourself climb the leaderboard for your shot to win big money every day. 
You can also test your skills versus the house and 20 times your entry if you hit all your picks. That's right, if you sweep them 20 times. Bet on up to five player props, over-unders, or individual player matchups across every major sports league, including the NFL, the NBA, the MLB, the PGA, the MMA, even NASCAR. Sign up with the promo code SGPN at nohouseadvantage.com or just download the app to get it first deposit match up to $25. Make sure to check out No House Advantage today and experience daily fantasy sports redefined because it's not just how you play, but also where you play. You won't want to miss out on this one. Promoguy.us is the best place to go if you're interested in the plus EV betting strategies and making consistent profits from sports betting. They've got daily updates on odds boosts and huge cash bonuses from all their major sports books. Their bet tracker shows on average ROI of 25%. And they've got a VIP Discord group that puts even deeper plus EV analytics right at your fingertips. I gotta say, we've been looking at their daily promo updates, and they are some of the most informative in the game. They don't simply tell you what team is probable to win, but where you're going to get the best odds and how to track down and cash in big on constantly changing promotions. If you're not already using mathematical models to help you with your picks, you are missing out on an insanely valuable tool. And the best part of all is that promo guy is run by a small team of passionate sports fans dedicated to building a well-informed, better betting community. Go to promoguys.us and check out their 100% tracked, transparent, and proven method for betting smarter. So make sure you check out promoguy.us. Now, on to Sleeper. Sleeper is the fastest growing fantasy platform today with millions of players. You probably already have a fantasy league on there. I use it for my 15 that I'm in. JK, it's two, but still. It's a game-changing product unlike anything else in the industry. And now, you can win on Sleeper by playing their new over-under game. Over-under is integrated into fantasy. It's the first sports contest game built into the fantasy experience. Not only can you enter a contest via the over-under itself, but you can also do so through your Fantasy League's matchup screen, i.e. If, pa- if Patrick Mahomes is your starting Fantasy QB, and not only do you think you're going to win your Fantasy matchup this week, but you're also confident that Mahomes is going to hit over 250 passing yards, well, if you pick correctly, you can win anywhere from two times to over 20 times the money you put in. The main reason I'm excited about Over Under on Sleeper is that's the only app where I can join my buddies' contest and play together. It's got a built-in group chat where I can see and copy my friends' picks with the tap of a button, and it's insanely fun to write it out together. Not only do they have NFL, but they also have college football player props. So stop what you're doing and download Sleeper now to play their new Over Under game. Have fun with your friends and make some money on your mobile phone. Join our listener group on Sleeper at sleeper.com slash SGP and Sleeper will automatically match your first deposit up to $100. Promo code SGP. Again, go to sleeper.com slash SGP and you'll get a $100 match on your first deposit. Terms and conditions apply. See Sleeper's terms of use for details. Welcome back to the Notorious OTV brought to you by the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. We are looking at, we took care of the dangler and we are looking at... The second half, or the, I guess, three races of the late pick four. I'm going to keep making that mistake, apparently. Uh, but we got the six furlong gallant bob stakes. It's a grade two, a uh, huge field. Uh, none of these entries no. are also eligible. It is a full 14 horse field. Very rarely do you, do you get, I probably have very rarely do you have starting gates that it can accommodate this size of a field. But uh, it, it makes for this, this race to me, you know, feels like a, it, it could be just absolute chaos. Mm-hmm. Uh, I still ended up going with a fairly chalky pick, but where did you land? So I went with a horse that's been a huge price the last couple of times and has been a little bit of a lower price now. And that's uh, the number nine running son of a gun uh, as my top pick, which I guess is the second choice behind provocateur in this one uh, at six to one on the morning line. Still, I mean, because of the field size, you're still getting a really good price on this horse. And you might end up getting that price just because Provocateur is a My Racehorse horse and all that My Racehorse money is going to flow in uh, in terms of casual betting and things like that. So some of these other horses might see their prices raise up. But running son of a gun, I, I, I mean, he's run against some of the best out there. I mean, just uh, has run against Jack Christopher, has run against Gunite, you know, gone up against, you know, ran in the H. Allen Jerkins grade one last time out. This horse keeps improving keeps getting better uh and this horse keeps hitting the board and running super competitively at huge prices like 55 to 1 sort of prices uh and finally i feel like this horse is appropriately placed i mean i was stunned at the h allen jerkins this was a horse that was already placed in a in a graded stakes competition and still went off at 40 to 1 i mean just 
not a lot of respect there. I felt like for running son of a gun and then he promptly ran third underneath and, uh, and, and really made that trifecta very, very profitable on a day that was pretty chalky up top. So, uh, this is a horse. One of the things I also want to point out, this is a, obviously a, a gun runner progeny, but one of the things that I think we sometimes forget or look over is because of how precocious so many of these gun runners were early. We forget that gun runner as a horse himself got better as he got older. Yes. A very and, much and, late developing horse has that, that yeah. candy ride line really kind yeah. of turns out to be, makes you wonder what some of these horses are going to turn into in about a year. That's the thing is. And so when you see some of these now late, you know, late three-year-olds, and we're going to talk about one, I think a little bit later, who are slowly getting better. It's like, they're not even, I think at their fullest potential. So a six to one running son of a gun. I really like the underneath play here. I like the number eight witty. Uh, it just feels like a very logical choice to include in verticals and in horizontals uh, at 12 to one on the morning line. This horse, honestly, if you just cross out the two route attempts, one of which was on turf, this horse absolutely fits. When you look at all of its other outings that were sprints, uh, 12 to one on the morning lines, really, I think a, a very, very nice price uh, to get there. And I'll absolutely be including Witty underneath and a bunch of exotics. So uh, those were kind of the two that stood out for me, but interested in a large field where you ended up going. Yeah. Um, all I can say is, uh, yippee ki yay, motherfuckers. I went with Nakatomi as a Nakatomi Plaza where John McClain saved the day and die hard if you don't know. And if you don't know, I'm ashamed of you and you should stop listening to this podcast. Uh, yeah, I mean, Nakatomi, I mean, massive size field, a whole lot of speed once again. Uh, Nakatomi's got a little bit of closing ability. Uh, two straight, or sorry, three straight trouble trips where Tyler Gaffleone was able to really make the most uh, out of a trouble trip, including a stakes win at, at Keeneland, a, uh, a third, sorry, second place in a uh, optional claimer at uh, Churchill Downs before that. And then another win at Churchill Downs and a 62,000, uh, 62.5 optional claimer at Churchill Downs heading into this race gets the long layoff. It's a West Ward horse. And then I'm putting Joel Rosario on it again. So if there's a ton of speed, I can either bank on Rosario taking this one a little bit off, but you don't know. Sometimes with these super trainers, it feels like he actually does uh, what should be the right thing. Like on Steve Asmussen's horses, I know he'll actually go. Uh, maybe that's yeah. the case, case with with West Ward, either that or I might have one of those awkward moments in the in the paddock again where, you know, West Ward is like standing in front of him giving instructions. He's like, yeah, I'm not going to do any of that. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I went with with Nakatomi uh, when I don't play a track very often. Sometimes I just kind of have to rely on uh, the the track bias info that I get from using my, you know, Brisnet uh, mm-hmm. past performances. What I'm seeing is that horses in post eight or greater are doing pretty well. Uh, also, uh, horses that can come a little bit off the pace are, are doing pretty well. So I do like Nakatomi here. Uh, I got to wonder, I mean, you're a music fan like I am. Mm-hmm. Uh, Safi having a horse name of a revolution. That feels <laughs> pretty exactly on fucking brand, right? Like he strikes <laughs> me as a huge OAR fan. Yes, that, that strikes me as very on the nose, uh, to say the least. So... Uh, yeah, I actually, it's funny. I noticed that when I was going through the the PPs the other night. So, yeah. uh, but yeah, Nakatomi, I mean, makes a lot of sense and it's interesting running son of a gun kind of fits the same profile in that they're, they're horses that kind of have more of a late kick. And, um, and even, and what I like about running son of a gun is that they put the blinkers on him last time and it didn't really change his style. I think it helped him focus a little bit more coming down the stretch, but it wasn't as if all of a sudden he was speed. You know, which is sometimes as we assume, oh, well, they're putting the blinkers on. They want him forwardly placed. Well, he, you know, he wasn't forwardly placed, and that was fine. And and I actually think the horse is better sitting mid-pack and still maintaining its, uh, you know, good late kick that it has. So uh, I, I agree with you that looking for horses coming from a little off the pace is uh, is nice. And I think particularly in a crowded sprint field, I actually like looking further towards the outside because I just have a feeling there's going to be a crunch on those inside post positions and uh, something dicey could end up happening. So I, I I like further out of trouble, further out of the way, better off. Yeah. Give me a horse that can get, stay wide and then just make the the tractor trail close right up the middle of the track. Uh, I was once again, very spread out. I was four deep here. I was with the five um, little Vic who, who could maybe, I mean, if, if, Speed is not coming back to the field. Who knows? Little Vic could get loose. Yep. Uh, the eight witty, uh, who's another one of the off the pace types. 
the nine uh, running son of a gun who Matthew likes quite a bit, six to one. I mean, if we we both are using this in our, in our horizontal, it's definitely worth a worth a win bet. Um, mm-hmm. The uh, uh, sorry, the uh, five, eight, the nine uh, and the 11 Nakatomi uh, kind of as a as a mention here. So, yeah, it's it's a wide open race. This is, you know, I, I said don't play verticals, but if I were going to play a vertical here, it'd be an exact box. I, I would be insane to try to I learned my lesson. Do, doing uh woodbine last weekend where i just put together the most just fucking adorable ticket and got a 20 to 1 21 to 1 on top and then uh, you know got nosed out with my part wheel i could have just boxed uh, it and had it great exacta but no i've got my adorable little trifecta ticket to look at <laughs> so cute it's like a fucking corgi wearing a sailor suit um all right race seven now this is a race for for the ladies that mm-hmm. I like. This is a really good race. Uh, I think dating back to uh, one of one of my favorite closes of all time uh, was uh, uh, Street Band uh, in this mm-hmm. race with uh, with uh, Sophie uh, Sophie Doyle uh, getting the yep. getting the close, just cup, dropping in from the clouds. Um, but it's the Cotillion Stakes Grade One, eight and a half furlongs. And I'm just gonna say it. Whoever made the morning line got it right. Uh, I think Secret Oath uh, is is miles the best here and the horse to beat. And I, I, I mean, two to one is, is more than fair. It's just the big thing is that there's no nest. There's no super Philly in mm-hmm. this race. She mm-hmm. is the super Philly in this race, but I know you went a different direction. I did. And so I kind of disagree with your assessment on secret oath. And, uh, I think this horse is cooked for right now. I think this horse needs a break. I think this horse is kind of, tired physically and psychologically the burst has not been there the last few times that we saw earlier in the year where she would just envelop a field around the third turn uh and coming for home that that like i said that burst is gone um it feels like some of the other horses and fillies in the division have caught up to her a little bit and then i also just psychologically i wonder about whether or not we're going to see the same thing happen with speaker's corner where speaker's corner goes and gets absolutely blown out by life is good and flight line in consecutive races, then goes out to the West coast in a sprint that he should easily win and finishes a very pedestrian fourth, well off the pace to American theorem. who's a perfectly adequate horse, but come on. Uh, yeah. I mean, based upon what speakers corner had been doing, shouldn't have been much of a contest. And so I just, I worry about that with secret oath. And so because of that, I look at a horse that is kind of fits my profile, which is the number one horse green up at six to one, which is a lightly raced horse with ascending speed figures, some of these horses have been running through the gauntlet, you know, going through this kind of three-year-old, you know, hitting the Black Eyed Susan or hitting the Kentucky Oaks or hitting all these uh, races up at Saratoga. And Greenup's kind of come out of nowhere a little bit in these last couple of races, easily beat Internet State Daydream last time out in a stakes race. Uh, Interstate Daydream, of course, your Black Eyed Susan grade two winner uh, yeah. and and was able to beat Interstate Daydream by about and three and a half lengths. To your credit, a horse you were all over in the in the uh, Black Eyed Susan too. If I, I did, correctly. yeah. I, I, I did like Interstate Daydream a lot in that race. And so uh, I just feel like Greenup's a horse that I, you know, Pletcher and Ortiz Jr. So the connections are there. I feel like this horse is just peaking at the right time. So that's where I went up top. And then I, I kind of underneath like Shahama a little bit, uh, I probably more than other people do. Uh, I think this is a horse that is finally adjusting to running in North America, started its career overseas, won the UAE Oaks, came over, ran in the Kentucky Oaks. That did not go well. It wasn't awful, but just wasn't a great performance that day. And then finally, I feel like got her footing under her winning the Monmouth Park Oaks last time out. And at eight to one, I feel like, you know, is, is getting better. But it, I also think it depends which uh racing forms which numbers you're looking at like timeform us really does not like shahama at all buyers is a little bit kinder to her numbers and, and puts her, her more in a comparable setting so i think it depends on who you lean on to look at for some of these numbers on who you might like underneath here but uh yeah but I, so i'm, I'm kind of fading uh nest uh, or secret oath here i should say but uh at the same time would i be shocked if secret oath wins by five lengths yeah probably not like uh, i could totally see that happening I, I think you bring up an interesting point with Secret Oath, which is that horse put up a monster effort, ran a huge figure. If you go by just like the the Brisnet figures, second highest career effort and loses by four and a quarter to Nest. I think a lot what people lose sight of a lot of times when we handicap, especially because we're just looking at things on paper where you almost kind of just discount the fact that this is 
a actual living animal with feelings. Like, how does it, how did it feel, you know, putting up, you know, what felt like a, a best top effort and then you're just absolutely blown out by nest. I mean, that can, that can fuck with a horse's head. I'm, I'm hoping D Wayne, uh, you know, gave her all sorts of affirmations and stuff. Just like, you know, just <laughs> full on the help, which is like you is good enough. You is smart enough. Like just go <laughs> secret of, um, but yeah, that, I mean, that's an excellent point. It's something that, that people should think about and should take into uh, uh, consideration. And if you beat me on that, you know, if secret oath just doesn't fire her fastball. I, I'll, I will come to say Matthew and say, you're right. That's, that was a demoralizing <laughs> loss that, that she took to, to nest a couple times yeah. in a row. All right, we are going to take one last break here at the Notorious OTB, and when we get back, we've got the Pennsylvania Derby. Winner gets a water ice from the Wawa. We'll be right back. If you're like me, you know that the best days of the week is Monday, it's Thursday, Sunday. Why? Because it's NFL season, which is our favorite time of the year. And whether you're into fantasy leagues, betting on your team, or just talking highlights around the water cooler at work, the NFL season just got a lot better thanks to Elias Game Plan app. It's the ultimate sports betting and fantasy companion for the NFL, NBA, and MLB. So what is the Elias Game Plan? Well, it's the only sports app from the most trusted name and sports stats. Listen, your fantasy league probably runs off Elias Stat Bureau. They're the official statisticians of most U.S. sports leagues. And Elias Game Plan app is full of information and insights provided by their renowned research team, which means they constantly give you information that is up to date and that you can trust. Gives you everything from league-validated team and player news, head-to-head team comparisons ahead of their matchups, along with Elias key insights from the Elias statisticians, including injury impact analysis and expert game analysis, which can give you the advantage in betting, picking your fantasy lineups, or showing off your sports knowledge. And Elias Game Plan is releasing new features all the time, like chat function, which allows you to talk directly with their researchers. So you get the information you need to feel comfortable when making big decisions or betting on your fantasy team. Elevate your NFL season today. Download the Elias Game Plan app. That's E-L-I-A-S. And right now I have a special offer for you when you subscribe. Get 15% off your annual subscription, but only if you use my promo code SGPN15. Find Elias Game Plan Sports Betting in the App Store or Play Store today and use my promo code SGPN15. Introducing RYP VIP. It's a brand new subscription service from Run Your Pool that helps you get an extra edge against the books, plus exclusive access to real money pools. Get access to exclusive data to help with your weekly game picks, premium content like in-depth guides for how to dominate your pools and exclusive swag. The top line here is that you're a serious sports fan and you need Run Your Pool VIP. Use code SGPNVIP at runyourpool.com slash VIP and get 50% off your first month of Run Your Pool VIP. That's code SGPNVIP at runyourpool.com slash VIP. Welcome back to the Notorious OTV brought to you by the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. It's mine. I'm going to spell my name one more time. Check it. It's the N-O-T-O-R-I-O-U-S. You just lay down slow. It's a good race. It is a good race, the Pennsylvania Derby. You've got just kind of, it's, it is a little bit of a field of, of bridesmaids. But to be fair, if you haven't already secured your breeder's cup spot like this is the best of them of those horses that are all fighting to get into you know the bc classic or whatever breeder's cup race they they might choose uh traditionally i've almost always thought of this as like the back doorway for you know baffert to get you know not the michael jordan of his barn but like Mm. the horace grant of his barn yeah. and into the, the breeders cup, the BJ Armstrong's of his, of his barn into the, into the breeders cup uh, with, I mean, I can, I couldn't name him off the top of my head, but I can think of plenty of the Baffert runners that have come and just romped in the, in the uh, Pennsylvania Derby. Yeah. Um, I it's, it's a tough one. This is, this is a very tough race. I somehow kept it slim in my, in my picks, but I, I really want to hear what Matthew has here. Yeah, this is a tough race, and it's a, but it, you're right. It's a lot of bridesmaids. It's and I think that's why it's such a tough race because there's a lot of horses that put in honest efforts and that run really well. Don't always win, um, and I I think you know this is a division. Honestly, with the retirement of Mo Donegal, with the fact that Epicenter is you know already proven himself, 
this really is the best of the rest. I mean, this is because uh, early voting looks like a shell of his former self. So, you know, for, forget the Preakness winner. But I mean, honestly, this is the best field of three-year-olds I've seen outside of the, the Triple Crown races. I, I'll be honest. There is nothing. I mean, those four-horse, five-horse fields up at Saratoga don't hand, hold a candle to this. So um, ultimately, I went with Cyberknife. Uh, and this is a horse that I was really maybe late to the party on, maybe early to the party on. I don't know. Um, I had an inkling at Haskell day that he was going to pull an upset and he did. Uh, and horse ran really freaking well in the Travers too. Like for a second place effort ran just really well and, and had every right to just kind of give up once epicenter passed and didn't, uh, and held off Zandon held off rich strike. Um, Another gun runner who feels like he keeps getting better and more importantly, feels like he's finally becoming emotionally and mature and is mentally mature and is not acting up the way he was early in his career. And so this horse that just, like I said, keeps developing Brad Cox on big days. He's another one who just kind of, I feel like can come in and just start sweeping cards and, and just, you know, really doing well in some of these spots. So I cyber knife at three to one was my top pick. Uh, but I think you could go a lot of ways and I just have to give a shout out underneath to my boy simplification. This was a horse that I have been on since he broke his you maiden that golf stream. Yeah. I absolutely love that horse. Uh, I was on him at the Holy bull when he blew the break and, you know, just really love that horse thought. And he finally turned, he turned in the effort that I always wanted him to turn in, in the Kentucky Derby, uh, which was a hell of an effort was a fourth place. Uh, and now he's getting second back from a layoff gets off the slop that he was on in West Virginia last time out versatile horse that can sit or be forwardly placed. So like simplification to 10 to one underneath, but yeah, I, I went with cyber knife up top, but I think you could make a legit case for about five horses in this field. Yeah. I mean, so going, going back to uh, uh, early voting, early voting's Preakness win was in hindsight, just the perfect combination of circumstances from a pace perspective. You had just a classic loose on the lead horse from a distance perspective, the distance at the horse right in between the eyes. I did that thing where I catch early voting one time and then I lock in on it like a couple, you know, a couple times after just yeah. because it did me a real solid. It was a Caleb Knight always says, if you miss the wedding, don't go to the funeral where I made the wedding. <laughs> and then I went to several funerals afterwards with early voting. <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, speaking of bridesmaids, I think Zandon. Zandon has finally found the right spot in this race. And this horse hasn't just been the bridesmaid. This horse has been the maid of fucking honor behind Epicenter the last couple of yeah. times. Fall, you know, finishing second to her twice in a row. I had running, you know, pretty good efforts, but there, there just was no catching epicenter. Um, you know, Cyberknife is is interesting. Uh, I, I will say that, uh, as I call him, Taint Samurai is a favorite of the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. I know Sean Green was all over him for the uh, for the Kentucky Derby, but yeah, okay. Back to Zandon. Zandon looks like he really, really found a great spot. I think the the run style works extremely well for uh for uh, uh zandon here and for for chad brown i mean the horse is third off the layoff which is uh, uh most starts off the layoff that the horse has had but it's been in pretty good form the, the problem mm -hmm. is it's just kind of run into epicenter every single time um yeah give me give me epicenter to pick up the pieces here late uh but man there's some great 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 horses in here uh i i also wouldn't be shocked if we the people just Come, flies out of the gate and wires this field. That's another, so another I, horse that, yeah, I, I liked. I really yeah, liked the Belmont. I like that horse in the Belmont too, but I wonder if he's just a sealed track sort of a, I mean, those were his best two efforts were on sealed tracks. And yeah. I just, I wonder if he's more of a track condition play. I kind of feel the same way about Skippy Longstocking, yep. the, you know, whose who's dad exaggerator loved the slop and she, you know, he loved the slop last time. I always want to call her a she, but, uh, you know, he loved the slop at Mountaineer last time out. Um, you know, Zandon, well, Zandon calling it a, a she is the, the Jackie's worrier, uh, it, it, totally. effect. It, it, corn dogs, Jackie. Corn dogs for all these people. <laughs> corn dogs for all these people. And, um, you know, the, the other thing, Zandon is a horse I absolutely love. Uh, yeah. and I was shocked that you actually didn't pick Zandon. You've I, been all over Zandon for a few. few I times. have, but this is what happens. So you got to give people some historical perspective. Last year, I was all over Midnight Bourbon. That was my guy. 
I loved Midnight Bourbon. I always thought he was going to break through. I always thought it was going to be his turn. I always, and every freaking time, second, third, second, second, third, always with huge efforts, but just always short, just a little hang, just didn't quite get there. And now the difference was Midnight Bourbon towards the end was like, you couldn't bet him anymore because he was like six to five or or eight to five and you just couldn't bet him whereas Zandon now is five to one that's a very bettable price uh for a horse that might finish underneath but uh I, I I'm kind of maybe reacting a little too quickly and maybe I should give Zandon some more time but uh uh to, to prove himself and I do think this is a good spot for him but I don't know I may just feel a little burned by Midnight Bourbon last year and just said eh, this horse just feels like he runs a really honest effort and just doesn't quite get there um, whereas Cyberknife seems to have a nose for the finish line and, you know, quite literally at the Haskell and just seems to, and, and is going, we should mention, you said bridesmaids, he's going for his third grade one. Uh, so, you know, that, out of all the horses in the field kind of has the best class, so to speak, and the best performances to this point. So, uh, you know, and the horse that we haven't talked about at all is of course the Baffert horse that could come in and, you know. Sweep the field yeah. in, in Taba. So uh, you, you read yeah. my mind with that because I mean you were there to watch Taba in person. You were there for yeah. the Haskell where yeah. Cyberknife cre- creeps up the rail and, and you know nips uh, uh, nips uh, Taba and uh, who was the who was running Jack Taba? Christopher Jack Christopher in that race. Um, so is there anything you saw in the Haskell that made you want to steer away from Taba? Is it a price issue because you got to think that Taba is going to take a lot of money? What was it more of a uh, price consideration, or was it more of like a form sort of thing? Both. Uh, it was Both. a little bit of a price, and I, I I just didn't love the five to two. But uh, and I know that he, you know he's going to get bet down. Uh, but the other thing is, he didn't want to go inside. You know, he didn't want to go between horses. And Mike Smith had to veer him outside. And that now did that cost him the race? Maybe, maybe not. Like you know that it's always it's easy to on Twitter to sit in your couch and go that that's cost him the race. Well, you know. Yeah. It's, it's always easy to second guess people, but, um, you know, there's not a lot of, emo- you know, maturity. I feel like some, to some extent, that's why I brought that up with Cyberknife, the source that feels like he's figuring things out. He doesn't mind going through a tough spot anymore. He doesn't mind squeezing in the rail. You know, those are things early on in his career he would have never done. And now he's doing with ease. And so, and I feel like flow is actually the right jockey for the source. So, uh, you know, and, and he has some versatility. So, I just, yeah, Taba, the running style. And then the other part is, and, and people who watch the workouts will say this, and, and I've watched the workouts and I agree with them. He posts these great workouts, but if you watch him, he looks like he's really getting pushed all the time. Like the exercise writer is always asking him to go more. Uh, and now he runs like hell when he does run, but it still is one of those question marks that you just have. Like, is this horse really as good as he seems? And And there's the point of like, his buyers have actually gone down from his maiden. Like he's gone 103, 102, 101, and that taking the derby out of things entirely. So uh, for all those reasons, I'm just kind of like, eh, I just don't, I just can't trust Tabe at that price up top. Yeah. I mean, if you show me a lightly raced horse that projects in its path to be running in between other horses, that's a horse I typically fade. It's a horse that I typically yeah. fade because yeah. Very often you will see that horse that is in between other horses. That's the first to back out. Always go with the horse that's on the outside or the inside when you're dealing with these lightly race horses. That's a very good point. It's a, it's a level of maturity that maybe the horse just doesn't have yet. Um, you know, it's, it's interesting. He puts up the huge figures uh, at Santa Anita comes to Kentucky. Doesn't really do so well. Comes to Monmouth. Doesn't necessarily great. Yeah, maybe I don't know why. Maybe Tava's game isn't isn't exactly traveling. I'm not. I'm yeah. not saying anything at all. <laughs> but even it's funny. Even Baffert just came out. I saw an interview with him just today where he goes, "This horse is still figuring things out." Yeah. Well, you know that's not necessarily what I want to hear going into a Grade One against ten other horses. Uh, where he, this is not a five horse Santa Anita field. This is a field where, you, to your point, people are jockeying for position. There's going to be a lot of bumping. There's going to be tight quarters. It's not going to be an easy, oh, I'll just sit like on the three path outside and just float around and it's all good. It's not going to be that easy. So the fact that the source kind of balked at the Haskell, eh, it just makes me question uh, how it's going to do in this spot as well. 
I'll tell you what, if that horse, if Taba loses this race, I'll tell you that where we see Taba next and it wins by a pole, uh, the Malibu, the day. After oh Christmas. yeah, totally. He will, he will, this will 100 be 100% be that, that three-year-old horse that Bob, uh, has just geared a monster four-year-old campaign because yep. typically, uh, he doesn't, unless they were like the, the Horace Grants or the Luke Longleys of, of his barn, yeah. uh, they, they typically are retired at, at three if they're, they're the superstars. So yeah. it, it feels rare when he's actually got a four, four-year-old, uh, at, at this point, uh, by the way, I did, I read somewhere, uh, who's, it was one of Bob's, uh, uh, horses, Cezanne. Yeah. Or no, Actually, that was wasn't that a Pletcher horse? I thought that was a Pletcher horse. It, it might have been. You might be right. I was thinking Saison. What was it, Saison? Hold on. I'm good. Yeah, that was one. that's a bizarre story. As this horse passed away nearly four months ago, and now people are just starting to. I mean, the news is just coming out uh, that Saison has passed, and this is just a bad look for horse racing in general. Like these cover ups, like Midnight Bourbon when he passed away, like that was four days until people found out about it. Now we have Cezanne, Leoban. Yeah. I know that was a lot of, you know, that was obviously a horse that was retired, but a horse that got an injection and then all of a sudden died. And there, it was a lot of, you know, just talk the, about what happened there. So just, it's a bad look. Or just like the timing of like when Medina spirit dies in a, oh. in a train training accident or anything. Yeah. You're right. It, it was, it was a Todd Pletcher. For some reason, anytime something shady happens, I immediately attribute it to yeah. Bob Baffert, but it wasn't, it was, it was a Todd Pletcher. Yeah. It's bizarre that you, that the horse, especially of that caliber uh, yeah. passes, passes away. And then you don't hear anything for, for three months. Like, yeah, there's gotta be a Saison fan out there. Who's just like, all right, I'm ready for that. For that, yeah. Like, wait, wait, when's he going to be on the workout tab? Like, you know, when, when, yeah. Oh, sorry, bad news. <laughs> yeah, I mean, just sit down. <sighs> yeah, it's just like it's moments like this where you just shake your head and you're, you know, as, as fans of horse racing, you just kind of shake your head and you're like, God, yeah. like, could people stop shooting themselves in the foot with this yeah. stuff? Like, it just all these unforced errors in the sport sometimes, and uh, you know, it's, uh, yeah. I mean, but but that said, this is going to be a huge day at Pennsylvania Derby. There's going to be uh, so. You know, so many good races. The stakes races start at race four. They go all the way through 13 with the Alphabet Soup Handicap. I mean, it is a stacked card. There's so many. You mentioned the full fields. I mean, this is not Saratoga this summer where a lot of the stakes races came up really small. This is not Santa Anita. This is really full fields, really good horses. You're going to get honest prices. Even on favorites, I think you're going to get really honest prices. Uh, And... And, and that's all you can ask for, because, you know, it's it's one thing to have to eat chalk when it goes off at two to five. It's another thing to eat chalk when it goes off at like two to one. Like yeah. I can live with that sometimes. You, know, you, can, you can still make money off that. So I, uh, good, I good often card. feel like a horse that I think is a more mortal lock at I will take all the way down to even money, less than even money. I usually won't play. But if I feel like it's a lock, even money two to one on something I feel like lock like for me secret oath you disagree yeah. i understand we won't get into that again but uh yeah that that was it also i'll just throw out uh for verticals in this last race yes. i also used uh tawny port uh, another horse i thought could come from off the pace another horse that you know always just kind of seemed like it should be there it's a uh, brad cox and i ride ortiz you can't really can't really do anything with that won the ohio derby which i mean uh typically i always pick heroin to win the ohio derby um <laughs> oh, that's a native of Pennsylvania. That makes me very happy that we threw a zinger at Ohio. Uh, there we go. Yeah. So I like, yeah, it. I like. It. So, uh, before I piss off the rest of my fan base, let me go <laughs> ahead and give you uh, my final ticket here. Uh, I was one, four, five, 11 in the first leg, five, eight, nine, 11 in the second, singling secret oath in the third, and then finishing up with the one, seven, Zandon and Tawny Port in the big one, the Pennsylvania Derby. It's a $16 ticket. Matthew, what do you have? Very similar, but in the first leg, I went one, four, 11, then three eight nine then one seven in the cotillion with uh green up up top and then finally one five with cyber knife up top in the grade one pennsylvania derby that is an 18 dollar ticket so listen you can play chases you can play mine hey 34 bucks that's not so bad you know it's uh yeah. that's still pretty reasonable if you want to play two of them hey 34 bucks for a full day of fun can't beat that and this will be an absolute fun card i'm jealous of my man matthew DeSantis, who gets to make his homecoming to his home track to parks to uh catch up just a fantastic day of racing and i hope you guys are catching it too 
Uh, that's it. Gonna be it for us here on the Notorious OTB. Which, by the way, episode forty. Uh, hey, congratulations! Kuda, yeah, kudos. I was gonna make a big deal that the I hit the number of episodes as I am old at thirty-seven. Completely forgot to do it, so I'm making a big deal about forty, which I will certainly not live to see. That is it for us on the Notorious OTB. We will be back next week. Uh, Matthew, thanks again, as always. We will catch you next time.